What do we know so far? At approximately 7.30, subject Jerry Maggard, a.k.a. Citizen Q, was eating his supper. Here, with his designated family, sometime during the meal he snapped. Snapped, you say? The wife's words. I see. And where's the wife now? She's in the bathroom expelling her stomach. Said she was suffering from some sort of illness. Hmm. What happened after he snapped? After his tantrum, Mr. Maggard excused himself and went outside. He said he had to take a walk to clear his head. Mr. Klein observed Mr. Maggard leaving the house and asked if he could join him on this walk. And Mr. Maggard agreed? According to Mr. Klein. So we have spoken to Mr. Klein? Yes. We found him an hour ago bound and gagged in a nearby park. He was shaken, but his story seems to fit what we know so far. Did he say whether he noticed a change in Mr. Maggard's demeanor? According to him, he noticed nothing unusual about Mr. Maggard at first. I see. So who tipped us off to Mrs. Maggard's presence? We believe it was Mr. Maggard from a payphone 160 miles south of here. We have agents in the area looking for him, but... What about the ident tag? He removed it in the bathroom at some point. Forensics found a bloody pair of needle-nose pliers and a paring knife next to the smashed remains of the tag. Interesting. What is that infernal racket? It almost sounds like a dog. It is, sir. It's the family's chihuahua doodle. According to Mrs. Maggard, Mr. Maggard threw the dog out of the upstairs window. It seems it landed in the bushes and ran from the scene. And now it's made its way back. I hate to say it, but I think I agree with Mr. Maggard's thinking. That might be the most annoying sound I have ever heard. Tell someone to put that miserable beast out of its misery. Of course. Officer, would you have that dog silenced? Yes, ma'am. Where were we? Mr. Maggard and Mr. Klein's walk. Right. Please, carry on. During the walk, Mr. Klein said Mr. Maggard seemed annoyed. He mentioned the argument with Mrs. Maggard, but didn't appear dangerous. Right about the time they made it to the park, however, Mr. Klein said Mr. Maggard became increasingly paranoid and agitated. Then, of course, Mr. Maggard attacked Mr. Klein. Yes, sir. He hit him over the head with a table leg, then used twine and some duct tape to bound and gag Mr. Klein. Interesting. It seems that Mr. Maggard subverted the reprogramming efforts. He should have been more docile than before. Have you talked to Miss Halstead or that other guy we put into the office? Bruce? No, not yet. Have them meet us in room 17, later. Yes, sir. So I assume Mr. Maggard must have extricated information from Mr. Klein. Based on Mr. Klein's story, no. But he must have. There's no way he would have known that Kathy and the other neighbors were in on it. Yes, I agree. Maybe he could deduce the fact that Mr. Klein's wife and his own wife were plants, but there's no way he could have known about the other two. So what happened to Mrs. Klein and the Mitchells? He took Mrs. Klein by surprise, hit her over the back of the head, then drug her into the basement. To get information. Did she tell him anything? She told him about the Mitchells and confirmed his suspicions about his wife. Luckily, she didn't know about the sixth plant. Thankfully. That means he's still out there. Have we been in contact with him? Not as of yet. All right, then. Have the officers finish their investigation. You and I will go back to room 17 and conduct the interviews from there. There are a lot of questions to be answered. Of course, sir. I've got to hand it to you, Mr. Maggard. You sure are one hard-case son of a bitch. <sighs> Where are we? We're on the road, Michael. 
We're taking a trip. Where's Mommy? She wasn't able to get up. I think she wasn't feeling like herself. What about Lisbon? Lisbon's gonna stay at home with Mom, okay? Okay. Where are we going? Not really sure. Wherever it might be, it's gonna be a long drive. But I'm hungry. We'll pull over in a little while, kiddo. Then we'll get something to eat, okay? Okay. You're being a good boy, Michael. I'm sorry Daddy's acting a little weird. It's okay. I don't know about that, Michael. I hope it will be. Daddy, are we ever going back home? I don't know. I'm trying to be honest with you. Things aren't going to be the same. Why? Did Mommy do something wrong? I don't know how to explain it to you, Michael. But, yes. Yes, she did. I miss Mommy. In a lot of ways, I do too. And Jerry looked down the stretch of road at the long, meaningless miles up ahead. Where was he going, he wondered, looking at Michael, whose eyes had become drowsy with the hypnotism of the road. Away from here, he reconciled, as his grip tightened in response. Mr. Klein is here, sir. Send him in. Please, Mr. Klein, take a seat. Oh, thanks. Are you feeling all right, Mr. Klein? We heard you had a nasty run-in with subject Jerry Maggard. I'm a little sore, and I have one hell of a headache, but I'm fairly well. He sure did take me by surprise. And how exactly did he take you by surprise, Mr. Klein? I was told to watch for anything out of the ordinary. He seemed normal. I had been told he'd been through reprogramming, so I assumed he was under control. Assumed? Was it your job to observe or to assume? I'm a little confused. I wasn't told he might clock me. I was hired to observe, then report back. No one told me he was a lunatic. What information did you give Mr. Maggard? I played dumb. I didn't tell him anything. Interesting. How did Mr. Maggard know that your wife was part of the program? He probably just guessed. It's not like it was a huge surprise. How would he have known there were others? I don't know. How did he know I was in on it? There's something that doesn't quite fit here, Mr. Klein. You see, you were found with a few scratches and bruises. Your partner, however, lost her ear. We know what she told Mr. Maggard. She was very forthcoming with that information. She did lose an ear. You, Mr. Klein, were only hit. That leads me to believe either Mr. Maggard has a penchant for torturing women, or that you told him what he wanted to know with little resistance. How would you perceive it, Mr. Klein? Give me a break, all right? I didn't want this job. He had a, a box cutter with him, and he he, he looked like a, a psycho. I, I didn't do anything wrong. You told Mr. Maggard what you knew, didn't you? Look, I'd trade places with you bureaucrats any day. You know that? You have no idea what it's like putting your life on the line. I'm sorry you see it that way, Mr. Klein, but business is business. You messed up your end of it. Now we have to go into damage control. I'm afraid we're going to have to send you away. Please, look, maybe I told him about Kathy, but but I mean, beyond that, what, what do I really know, huh? I was just doing my job. Doing your job did not include giving a prisoner information. He was going to kill me, or worse, he said he'd cut me into little pieces. Hmm. Well, I've heard all I want to hear. How about you, Miss Cower? It would seem this investigation would be more progressive through other means. 
You can leave, Mr. Klein. Really? Thank you. Have a great day. Officer, will you escort Mr. Klein to the Bureau of the Better Mind and Body? Wait, what? Of course, sir. Right away. Wait! I didn't even do anything wrong! Why are you sending me away? Come on, you! N- no, please! I did my best! Send in Miss Halstead, please. Yes, sir. Miss Halstead, pleased to see you again. Thank you, sir. Please, have a seat. As I'm sure you're aware, Mr. Maggard has escaped. I figured that was what this was about. Did you notice anything peculiar about Mr. Maggard's behavior yesterday? No. He seemed fairly docile. What kind of interaction did you have with him? Well, he came in early. But that's nothing unusual. Jerry was always early. I asked him how his vacation went. He responded by telling me what a wonderful time he had had. Especially with the boy. And he seemed sincere? I thought so. We exchanged a few more words. Then I went off to make my rounds. Nothing seemed out of the ordinary. There were no slip-ups, no curious movements. Not that I was aware of. And how did the rest of the day go? Right as he was leaving the office, we spoke one more time. I told him that management loved his work on the Langley account. Fairly typical conversation for the most part. How did he take that compliment? He took it in stride, just like he always does. He seems to take almost anything in stride, whether it be good or bad. Yet nothing was revealed to you? Mr. Maggard still had the usual demeanor? So it seemed. I apologized to him for seeming stressed out, as you guys recommended, just to see if in pushing his memory anything pushed back. Still nothing? No. He just let it slide off his shoulders. Damn it! I almost forgot. What is it, Miss Halstead? He mentioned Jeff. It was so brief, I almost forgot it happened. But he did mention Jeff Cooper. Interesting. What did he say? He noted that Jeff hadn't been the same since the Langley account. My God. I thought it was just a slip-up. But he knew, didn't he? He was testing me. It is a possibility. Oh, my God. Do you think he'll come after me again? That man is capable of anything. Look what he did to me. Miss Halstead, thank you for your cooperation. Aren't you guys going to offer me any kind of protection? Miss Halstead, please, think things through. Of course we will be keeping an eye on you and your place. Mr. Maggard is priority number one right now. We will be watching any potential place he might return to. You have nothing to worry about. That's easy for you to say. You still held all of your digits. Thank you, Ms. Halstead. That will be quite enough. Good day. Oh, my God. What if he's at my place right now? What if he's waiting for me in the dark? He was on to the scenario the whole time, wasn't he? How? I don't know. There was a rumor he was immune to exposure from Product 548. That's why he's such a big deal. I could go for some lunch. How about you? I'm starved. Lunch. Then we'll come back and interview Mrs. Maggard. Maybe she has some keen insight into Subject Maggard's thinking. Jerry pulled into the parking lot of a hotel a mile off the highway. It looked run down and mostly vacant. A perfect place for a fugitive and his son, he thought. Michael was fast asleep. Jerry gently picked him up and carried him to the front desk. He could feel the Station Zero device move in the pocket of his jacket. He had to try it out, he reasoned. He was running out of other options. 
Hello, Mrs. Maggard. Please, take a seat. I wish you wouldn't call me that. It gives me the creeps. Please, my name is Janice Garland. My apologies. Some habits are hard to break. I assure you, it won't happen again, Miss Garland. Miss Garland, is there anything we could get you? Water? Food? No, thank you. I've already eaten. Besides, I, I feel a little queasy as it is. Yes, we heard you weren't feeling well. If you think of anything you need, please don't hesitate to ask. Now, if you don't mind, could we begin the interview? Shoot. Over the course of the two-year internment of Mr. Maggard, no one has spent more time with him as you. I wish you wouldn't remind me of that. Sorry, Miss Garland, but it is necessary. We are trying to assess how things went wrong, so that in future endeavors we won't make the same mistakes. It might also help to assay what Mr. Maggard might be up to next. If you ask me in the future, you should just shoot the dirty spies in the head. That seems to be the only reprogramming that seems to work. Point taken, Miss Garland. But that's something for the board to decide. We're just doing our jobs. That's what everybody keeps saying. A lot of goddamn good at that did, right? Enough. We're not here to ask you about your personal quibbles, Miss Garland. Now, either you start cooperating in a meaningful fashion, or we could conduct this interview at the Bureau of Better Mind and Body. No, no, please. I, I'm just frazzled is all. Sorry. I'm fine, really. Now, Miss Garland, being the person with the most contact with Mr. Maggard over the last two years, we are hoping you might have some insight into his sudden change. If you are able, we would appreciate a summary of your observations over the course of your involvement in this program. Well, there's, there's a lot to sum up. All right. I have been working for Metacore for almost eight years now, the majority of those years in the Information Collection Department. My job was to find intelligence regarding other corporate rivals. About four years ago, my job became to specifically gather data referring to a fringe group called the Society. As you probably know, the Society has been rumored to be linked to all kinds of sabotage. In these last few years, their presence has become more noticeable. We are very aware of the Society, Miss Garland. Please continue. Three and a half years ago, I was contacted by Dr. Avery Zamir about the possibility of there being a spy within our ranks. Together with Dr. Zamir and Agent Rogers, we worked on setting up a trap. I was briefed on certain information the IC had collected on capturing Citizen O. I was informed that Citizen O had revealed a lot of information during the interview in the room without tears. From that interview, Metacore agents had learned that there was a spy within our ranks. The letter of the citizen was Q, but other than that, we had little else to go on. And how did you eventually flush him out? Well, other important pieces of information gleamed from O was the existence of Station Zero. This was how the society contacted their citizens in the field. We were able to figure out how to mimic their initial frequency, the, the means in which they relay information. It wasn't perfect, but it was close enough as it turns out. You see, the citizens, upon hearing the initial frequency, goes into some kind of meditative state. Any information sent through is implanted directly into the subconscious. Over the course of three-month period, we observed Q and Station Zero's exchanges. Once we felt we had their contacts figured out, we began sending Q and Station Zero misinformation. Q eventually figured this out, but by that point, we knew exactly who we were looking for. What happened next? With Q in custody, we interrogated him, to no avail. He had denied everything. The search of his apartment and work areas gave us no clues either. 
Even when we used the initial frequency, he didn't react. It was at this point that we were contacted by Mr. Overman about Project Housebroken. Housebroken? Can you explain the meaning of this term? Of course. Housebroken was something Zamir and his associates had been cooking up for years. The process is to shock the captured citizen and isolate him from the society's programming. Once his programming had been separated from his conscious mind, the subject, in theory, would find it nearly impossible to recollect anything. From there on, Zamir and his crew would reprogram the subject by implanting false memory codes. The process took nearly nine months to complete. It seemed to have worked. From there, I was told that my job would be to observe and report any actions from Q, now renamed Jerry Maggard. You noticed no problem in the programming? For the better part of two years, it seemed it was working perfectly. Then in the last few months, something began to change. How so? At dinner one night, he told me my casserole was dishonest. Dishonest? Yeah, strange, right? Well, that same night, I noticed he didn't come to bed. I fell asleep thinking nothing of it. But when I woke up at one in the morning and he still wasn't there, I searched the whole house. He was gone. Yes, we read the report. How did things go after that? He got progressively worse. We went to a party a night or two after that. Usually when we went to a party, you couldn't get him to stop telling these weird, nonsensical, family-friendly jokes. This night, however, he didn't talk to anyone. Is that all? No. I noticed him staring at Citizen O as well, as if he could recognize him. He said he also felt sorry for O's new persona, Tim Bruggen. Then what? He seemed fairly normal for a week or so after that. In fact, I was beginning to think that maybe I had imagined all the weird behavior, until I caught him sneaking back into the house. Where had he gone? He'd broken into Bill's house. He had secretly obsessed over his disappearance. That is very interesting. After that were the reviews. He actually seemed excited to go through with them. But that night he came home horribly sick. Someone in the office was helping him. It ruined our touch-up on his reprogramming. Yeah, well, he never went back to being himself after that. Yes, it's very well documented those final days before his breakdown. What was he like after the encounter with the room without tears? He seemed perfectly normal. The good old Jerry Maggard was back. We went on a vacation, and he was the happiest I'd ever seen him. When we got back, it looked as if everything had returned to normal. Until dinner last night. In the two years that I've been his wife, he has never once raised his voice to me. It is very strange. Somehow Mr. Maggot has recovered from the room without tears and a second reprogramming. Are you sure you have never tried to aid in Citizen Q's plans to escape? I hated that man. How could you even ask me that? You have spent every day for the last two years of your life with that man. You've shared a bed, a son, a house. Sometimes feelings just happen. Granted, it was nice having a loving, obedient man to do my tedious bidding. But never once for a moment did I forget who he was. I had to give up my life for this man. How could I ever forgive that? Are you sure about that? What are you doing? Miss Garland, please, this is just a formality. We're going to use the mock frequency to explore your psyche just a little closer. After all these years, and you bastards still won't believe me? My God, have you all gone insane? Settle down, Miss Garland. This won't hurt a bit. Oh, please, 
don't. It is for everyone's good, Miss Garland. No, no, you don't understand. Miss Cower, turn it up. No, please, for the love of God, I'm pregnant. What was that, Miss Garland? What did you just say? I'm pregnant. I found out two days ago. I'm pregnant with Citizen Q's baby. I'm three months along. That's impossible. The citizens are made sterile. I'm not lying. I didn't know how to bring it up. He's the only one I've had sex with in the last four years. It's his. Very interesting. Call Mr. Overman. Jerry watched Michael stare at the TV. Michael, Daddy's going to take a shower. You think you'll be all right for a few minutes? Yeah. I'll be out in a few. Jerry put the device down on the sink. He looked at its out-of-date appearance. His heart was racing as he moved his finger to the power switch. With one more breath, he got over his hesitation. Citizen Q, this is Station Zero. We are initiating the primordial frequency. 